previously on Box Cutters. Levels are all good? Yep, yep. Good. Hi. Good. Hi. Hi, good. Hi, good, thanks. Hi. 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 What's happening? All right. Hi. Let's do the show. Hello and welcome to Box Cutters, episode 310, The Joy of Special Cheese Flaps. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Glenn Peters. Hello. To my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. I've, I've never got that much joy from them. Cheese flaps? Mm. Oh, there's so much you can do. Open them, close them. Uh, in case you weren't sure, Box Cutters, all about television. Mm. Did you know that, Brett? <laughs> and cheese flaps. Well, now, all about TV. This show, Box Cutters, uh, and someone who's made some TV, uh, Mifanwi Warhurst. Great. We're going to get Miff in. No, no, no. I just thought I'd stop mentioning people who have made TV. Uh, okay. We are. We are oh, going to get wow. Miff in. Awesome. We awesome. Are. So she's, she's going to talk about her, her new show, Nice. Nice. It's, it's nice. It, it is. It is. I saw the first episode last week and uh, and, and I really liked it and and thought... Well, we should get her in to talk about how much I liked it. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's yeah. a good thing to so talk about. 20 minutes of me just blowing smoke up Miff's ass. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brett Cropley, you have a crap TV for us coming up later. Slash rewatch. No, it's a rewatch. That's right. We realised that you mis- uh, mislabeled it. Mm, mm, mm. Brett it Cropley- is crap, but it's, it's about newsy stuff. Very properly, you've got a rewatch yes. for us. Yeah, great. Uh, we've got some letters to box cutters. Uh, we've got some pork, as always, though. We're also going to have some one thing. And we're going to kick things off with the box cutters news. David Leckie, the man who we saw almost put himself to death through uh, through his blood infection uh, a few years ago for the good of the Seven Network. Can you? Can you? I, I've, do you remember this, that? I, he, I do not remember. He got a cut on his thumb from his roller door or something, and it got infected, and and he just couldn't stop working. He had to keep on working and working, and he couldn't go to the hospital. And, and then suddenly he got uh, what is it, septicemia, right? And and ended up in hospital almost near death. Right. No, I, I did not remember that. Did we cover it on this show? We did cover it on this show. Right. I must have blanked out. Well, he's uh, he's on leave at the time that uh, Channel 9 are taking out the ratings uh, with their top rating, The Voice series. Right. So uh, David, David Leckie, his, his role at, at Channel 7 is Big Boss Man. Uh, yes, Big Boss Man. I, I, I'm just looking officially. That's, uh, that's what that's, he That's was. his title. Yeah, there's, big... there's nothing else here saying that he's anything else. No, Big Boss Man, Channel 7. Uh, on leave while uh, while Seven is getting caned in in the ratings, particularly in a voice versus Dancing with the Stars one on one battle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Dancing with the Stars came to an end uh, as we're recording this last night. Um, and uh, he's he uh, came out at the beginning of the year saying. Channel 7 are just going to win air week after week after week, apart from the Olympics. They won't win the Olympics. He, he, he gave them that concession, but he said Channel 7 would win 
every other week. He was he was not he, he was not expecting the juggernaut that was uh, Channel 9's The Voice. The Voice scored something like eight eight hundred million viewers. Yeah, uh, eight hundred. Um, something like thirteen and a half thousand people tweeted about it on the Sunday night. That's that's crazy. You were, you were one of those people, Glenn. Yeah, I was one of, and I um probably did a quarter of those tweets. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it's a massive, massive success, and I think also. I'm only going to speculate here, but I think they'd be a bit disappointed with their footy coverage this year as well. Channel Seven. Now, I've I've heard I've heard some some bad things about uh, Ch- Channel 7's footy coverage this year. What's, so what's what's going on? This is another thing. Oh, that's where I heard out about it. Your tweets, yes, Glenn yes. Peters. If anyone's not following Glenn <laughs> on on Twitter, he is Night Watchman. Yeah. Uh, on on Twitter. Uh, so yesterday, so Sunday, you was you were saying there were two live football games on, and Channel Seven was showing a replay of the Anzac Day match. Correct. It was it was a, I think a show of complete no confidence in the competitions as it stands. Mm-hmm. Now there were two games. There was one. It was uh, Brisbane and Hawthorne at the MCG. That was on at one o'clock. Which Sounds is- like a pretty big big game, especially for. Uh, a Melbourne audience, they'd, uh, they'd you know, a, a nice uh, Fitzroy-Hawthorne rivalry. Not a bad game. I went to that um, only because I've got no life. And, um, and you're an AFL member now. I, I am a member. Uh, so that was on. And then straight after that, the Foxtel 440 slot, the, the ironing slot, where 18 <laughs> Foxtel subscribers watch a dud game at the Colonial Stadium um, while doing their ironing at 440. Neither of those games were on Channel 7 while they played the Anzac Day game. Um, it shows there's something really weird going on there. They, they spent a lot of money on um, the, the rights, as we've spoken hmm. to. Um, it feels like they're not confident about what they've just bought. So is that this year's Anzac Day game? Yes, it was. Why? This year's. There's something weird going on. It's, uh, as somebody who watches this quite closely, I can't explain it. Now and, and it's it's not like Channel Seven w- w- was going well. We're going to show the uh, we're going to show the Anzac game so that way Optus viewers can't watch it all almost live. Like that's you know because that, that that's all they would be able to watch. It's just free to air stuff. It's it's not like they were doing that just to just to piss off Optus because that that case is gone. Look, it was it it was cynical. It was weird and um yeah. So and they're also playing Thursday night games and they're not rating that brilliantly something strange is happening watch this space i can't say what it is the the other thing that channel 7 has, has been doing recently and I, I, so the only channel 7 show that i'm watching at the moment is uh, the amazing race amazing race australia mm-hmm. uh which is which is great and it's it is the only it's i think it's the only free to air show that i'm watching regularly uh on uh, sorry, free to air commercial channel show that I'm that I'm watching regularly, and so I've noticed all these things coming up on on the side of the screen, uh, talking about Fango. It's their Twitter, right? So so I've I've had a look at I've had a look at the the Fango, and it just seems like a, another thing. Uh, it, it seems like uh, they're they're trying so desperately to get people away from. The social media that they're already on, being Facebook and Twitter, and move them over to a new platform uh, that 
is they I mean, control. It's, they control. It's got the approval of Channel Seven. If that means anything to anybody, uh, rather than I don't know Twitter, but, where anyone can try to get your credit does. card number. <laughs> but it does mean something to a, a Channel 7 viewer because that means Bruce McAvaney or um, whoever can reply your Fango message or they can play it on the screen. And um, as I think I wrote last year on the Box Cutters site, the only reason you really tweet about TV shows is to see your tweet on the screen. Uh, the only reason I tweet about TV shows is to impress you, oh, Glenn. Yeah, I know. That's, and you do that very well. Well, I... You, you really, you really got me with your uh, with your Glenn Danzig joke. It was a very good joke, wasn't it? It so was. It. It, it's this this so off topic, but Glenn Peters. All right, so, so the the final of the voice, final of the voice. It's, so many things came together so that Glenn could have this joke. Uh, Joel from uh, from uh, Blink Blink One Eight Charlotte uh, <laughs> was wearing a Misfits jacket, uh, so that happened, and. His father-in-law, Lionel Richie, uh, was on the show for them to do a duet together. And they did I'm Easy. And Glenn tweets that they should have done Danzig on the ceiling. It's <laughs> great. And I, I actually I actually guffawed. <laughs> yeah. Because you're a genius. Yeah. What, what do you want? Well, no, I did, I did adapt that joke from a previous meme from six months ago, but it was all there in front of me. <laughs> it, was, to... it was perfect. Perfect, perfect Co- time. It was a cover version. So, so what does Channel 7 get out of running a walled garden social? They app? get Channel 9... Upset about it, so they spend money on getting their own social media app. At this point, that seems really freaking stupid from Channel 9, given that Apple have just announced they're dropping Ping because they can't compete with Twitter. Yeah, Apple can't compete with other social media (laughs) networks, and Apple is pretty much in everybody's life at at the moment. Even you, Brett, who don't don't like Apple. Apple is a large part of your life Mm -hmm. at the moment. So that that is what's happening in the social media space. Channel 9 has bought this thing called Jump In. Uh, it's going to launch in mid-July to coincide with the Olympics. And, uh, and apparently users can check in to a TV show mm-hmm. to, tell a other people, idea. to tell other people they're watching it. What, check in to a TV show? Yeah, yeah but I've it, just checked in at Pack to the Rafters. But it, it's, it's, been, it's been an idea for, uh, I think, two and a half years. Yes. So... so it, there's that thing. There's that thing that we saw at South by Southwest, where people get stickers for checking into uh, for checking into a TV show, and if you check into a certain number of TV shows, you get stickers based on those shows that you're checking into. And shows offer special stickers if you check in on this date, uh, which I think you know might help with sweeps weeks or, or whatever it is. Uh, that has been going for about two and a half years. As I can't remember the name of the service at the moment because okay. it's dumb. It was, it was Grip Me was the other one, wasn't it? That just started this year. Grip Me, Grip Me, yeah. Grip Me was it. Uh, but putting but on it's... putting on my um, advertising hat. Um, oh, hold on, I'll just get it out. Uh, thank you. Um, it's on. Uh, you can't make the magic of a new social media thing. No. You cannot make the magic. It, and we saw countless uh, sessions about people at South by Southwest telling how they can make the magic. And you can't. You can't make the magic. This is the, this is the thing where the community does actually decide. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we don't like how Twitter can 
killer TV show. Channel 7 doesn't like that. So Fango won't kill their next show. Yeah, won't it? Won't it? Won't, uh, wouldn't uh, Jump In? Do you think people on Jump In would have liked uh, Ben Elton's Live from Planet Earth? They would have loved it. Really? Because yeah. it would have all been Channel 9 employees. Yeah, Guffaw, <laughs> this is so funny. I'm laughing my dax off. Nine will be launching Jump In in, in July to coincide with the Olympics. I cannot... I, I, I'm going to get off the streets so that I'm not caught in the stampede of people trying to download that app. If we, if we just go back to Fango, uh, you know, even if it's dead in the water, I don't see anything happening with that because it looks like David Blakey's never going to come back from leave. Um, oh, Channel, really? really? Channel 7 won't, that was uh, quick. won't confirm a date for his return. Uh, and Kerry Stokes is known to have reached out to uh, the former News Limited boss, John Hartigan, uh, who oh. has a, a non-complete non-competes uh, clause in his former contract uh, up until November. After November, he's free. Gardening leave. Could you imagine John Hardigan's garden? Oh, did you want Did you want to talk about this George Bush thing? Uh, sure. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Uh, HBO have come out and apologised for putting George Bush's head on a spike. Um, they have to apolog- model it against someone. Are they yeah. apologising to the spike? Hey! <laughs> hey! Gotcha! And that is the Boxcutters News. Hi, I'm Ryan Shelton, Box Cutters' favourite ever guest, and uh, I've really enjoyed myself on Box Cutters, so listen as much as you can, because um, I'll be having it on loop on my iPod. Hey, Brett, Brett Cropley, uh, the last time we had this guest in, uh, she was doing a, a show on the ABC. Now, that show has ended, but it still gets played pretty much every week. Mm. Uh, and uh, and so so I hope that uh, every week a tiny bit of ABC money, a little bit of like, you know like a, a quarter of an eight eight cents residuals they're called Josh a yep, tiny yep. little bit of money so each time that it gets replayed each, just just appears in her letterbox. That's yep. Miff yep. Warhurst. Welcome back to Box Cutters. Great to be here. Lovely to be back. But I, I must let you know no, I've no never residuals. heard of those residuals, <laughs> and um, I think we got paid for the for the show only pretty much because most did. people. You did My, get paid for the show? Show only. Okay, yeah, yeah, just. Uh, the first few years, not really. You couldn't really even call that payment. But um, <laughs> by the end, we got paid okay. But, you know, it was hilarious. I do remember someone saying, oh, we're going to let people know what the people at the ABC earn. Tell the country their wages. This is, And I was going... You go for your life. <laughs> I'd be quite happy. That's no problem. I'll tell you what I earn compared to the other TV people. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you uh, you, you're familiar with, uh, with with Glenn Peters. Uh, you, you're familiar with his work. I'm very his, familiar with his, yeah. his mighty fine work. He's a newest many, member many of Box This is quite funny, actually, because. Uh, Josh and I used to be guests on Moof's radio show did. many years ago. On the, and net, the Net 50. The net 50. On the how, net how 50. That? In the 90s, when the, 90s. the internet was new, we had a show called The Net 50, and you could use the internet to vote, and it was so radical. <laughs> and uh, and I, I, used to do a, uh, I used to do a segment on webzines. Oh, you did too. And I used to read from Melanie Griffith's uh, <laughs> diary. Right. I forgot about that. Oh. Oh, I forgot about that too. Oh, I, you, oh, wow. If you've uh, just joined us, <laughs> this is Rewind, Down Rewind, Memory Lane. I think my highlight, though, was when you played a particular CD that you'd put together one weekend, Glenn Peters, with all of your friends. Fart Party. Fart Party. <laughs> <laughs> it was a dance remix of, of a whole lot of gentlemen <laughs> who'd basically got together and um, had a fart party. Oh, is that like Lemon Party? <laughs> no, it's just <different>. Fart Party. <laughs> it was very, It's very... Amazing. It was groundbreaking radio in the 90s. It, it really was. Yeah. 
Yeah. It really was. Uh, now you're doing a, a show on the ABC on Wednesday nights called Nice. Miff, yes, yes. Uh, which is, uh, I, I think, a lot more a lot more timeless than the Net Fifty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, because it goes back in time, so we're talking about nostalgia. So I guess it is a lot more timeless. Um, but I just want to clear it up too. I think people are a bit confused about the title of the show. Oh, sorry, of, it's Nice, is it? It's oh nice. no, no, it's not. It's not <laughs> like a biscuit. It's Nice, like it a could biscuit. Be. It could be. Is that no, nice? People think it's it's a show about me being nice and in actual fact it's not to do with anything like that at all it's because you know negative terms in tv Mm -hmm. it's hard to get things like bad over the line so i couldn't really call the show bad because basically it's it's about all the stuff that we grew up with that we didn't think was particularly good so um (laughs) that's where the nice comes in it's like oh that's nice oh that's oh that's then when you look back at pictures and go oh that's Nice. It's quite funny, actually. Last week, did you read the Graham Blundell review of your show? Yes, nice. I did. I oh, did. I didn't. What? He used Please. nice a lot. He but... did. He used another term, too, that I think people got a bit weirded out by. I don't know. Was it sexual chocolate or something <laughs> like that? I don't know. <laughs> right at the something end. Something like that. I mean, look, it's, I appreciate a good review, however they come, because they're hard to get these days, <laughs> quite frankly. But Alvin Purple says that to all the girls. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it, it, it was a positive. It was a positive review. It was, it was so positive. It was lovely. It was lovely. I had a few negative ones too, and you know that's the nature of putting a TV show out there. And you know people either love it or they hate it. But, but I think, you, you read the reviews. You, um, oh, of course you do, because you. I mean, like you've been. It's like a. It's you've been sitting on this thing for. It's like an album. It's been in the can for seven months, I think. So you just. I think by the time it screens, you just so. You don't even know what it is you've made anymore. You can't look at it anymore. You don't know if it's any good. You, and that's it's it's if it's a horrible feeling. So you kind of every time things sort of dribble through, you do look, and not because I'm vain or anything, but you just go, oh, do, what is? Do, does anyone need somebody objective? Yeah, did anyone <laughs> even look at it? That's all I want to know. Did someone see it? That's it. That's it. Can, are my undies showing in any part yeah. of this? <laughs> oh, they will be episode oh. two on Wednesday night. My my undies. My undies. Oh, your undies. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Right. Well, yours too if you want to, but that's at home. We can't see that. <laughs> um, but yes, my, more than my undies. In Oh, goodness me. I can't believe I'm using that as a promo. Me and Graham Blundell get on real well. <laughs> <laughs> so so for, for those who are unaware, uh, Miff, Miff Warhurst's nice. 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 Yeah, it's pa- nice, but it's not about me being nice. It's an apostrophe Miff- gone mad, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Miff Warhurst's passively aggressive nice. Yeah. But kind of uh, happy nice as well. Yeah. Reminiscingly, passively aggressive, nice. It's a very long title, Miff. Have you I thought know. about just shortening it to nice? Yeah, I thought yeah, about that. Yeah, just do that. Uh, is uh, it's it's about things that so it's things that you liked. Yes. As uh, as a, a child or adolescent, yep. and you're revisiting to work out why it is that you like them, and and maybe along the way you got a little bit embarrassed by having liked them. God, uh, no, I think it's it's actually went the other way. I think quite often I do like remember growing up in a small country town. We had one TV station and one radio station. We had no internet, so nothing. We got nothing except for mainstream, pretty much mainstream radio. And I ended up mm-hmm. coming to Melbourne and loving music and coming to work in places like, you know, Triple R and then working at Triple J. And I was always a bit embarrassed of where I'd come from because I, I didn't have that knowledge to start with, even though I was willing to learn. And I was always a bit ashamed of that stuff. And, and I think part of my life's quest has been 
doesn't matter. Like if it's good to go back and actually be proud of where you started because eventually it does get you somewhere. And then with that, I thought if we can look at it in a way to find out whether or not there's a reason why we really like this stuff rather than just going, oh, that was nice, and then forgetting about it. Maybe culturally it had some significance. And, you know, like I'm talking about things really high-end high, high end like perms and Chico Rolls and Dim Sims yeah. and stuff like that. So it's not, not high art at all. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it was, it's good, like, looking back, some of it culturally said a lot about who we were and what we wanted from these things, these objects, these, you know, music, the music, the what. And sometimes you just look back and go, no, that had no value whatsoever. But like even like stuff like Ken Doan in There's an Art episode. And looking, I talked to Ken and people either hated him or they loved him. And he's quite open about that. He talks about how much he was, you know, hated and criticised openly in the press. And um, and He says from his giant mansion exactly, overlooking the harbour. Exactly. But whether, <laughs> the windows are painted. <laughs> but whether or not you liked what he did, think about it. Like in the 80s, we were walking around with an artist's artwork on our T-shirts, mm. all of us, not just one or two. We had bedspreads, we had curtains, we had T-shirts, we had everything, paintings on the wall, you know, coasters. And it's like, I've, I don't know any other Australian artist that's occupied that space since and why did that happen then? And so it actually says a lot about Australia at the time and, and you know, and, and what we uh, we were looking for an identity. We were so desperate for it. And, and uh, there, there was a pride in it as well. I was, uh, yeah. my, my parents ran a, a Manchester shop at the time. And oh, oh, you would have I, been. So I remember Sheridan had like <laughs> so many, more than just one Ken Doan cover. There were like four or five different yeah. Ken Doan covers that yeah. you could have. It was, it, it was extraordinary. And so there was this passion that we had about being Australian that, mm. Uh, it's kind of gone, it, I think. I think it has. <laughs> but also, too, we didn't... Be, I mean, anyone who knew anything about art, though, knew that Ken Doan was quite good creatively, but what he was doing was pretty kind of um, commercial, I guess. So it was easy It was easy for people to be snobbish about what he was doing as well. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I was really interested in that kind of idea of taste. And, and it's good that you actually take some time in the show and think about it properly. Yeah. It's not a throwaway. It's not... Um... Yeah, it's not just point the finger and go, well, I mean, the first episode <laughs> was pretty much just an excuse for me to sing with Kenny Rogers. But, if, <laughs> like, other stuff's not just, you know, look at that stuff, wasn't it funny? It's kind of, well, what did it mean? Oh, at least I hope that's what it says. Now, if we, we got you uh, on, onto the show under the pretense that I would tell you why I liked it so much. Oh, did why you I like it? Why, why, like, nice, niece, whatever. Nice, nice is fine. Who's Easy. Niece. Noise. 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 Yeah. Uh, I like that because you're doing you're doing a thing that we see a lot on. It, it starts like uh, like a lot of my things. It starts sounding not like a compliment, but it will end up like a compliment. So just <laughs> that's all right. I've heard it all you, over the last week, so I'm fine <laughs> with it. You can throw anything at me. I'll just go okay, whatever. You, you're doing a thing that we see a lot on on television at the moment uh, with uh, people like Louis Theroux and John Safran. Uh, uh, that it, it's an investigation into something that you particularly are interested in. And uh, and then you go and find other people who are similarly interested in it, but have some kind of passion uh, about it. Uh, but they seem to do it with a, a cynicism, and you do it with some uh, amazing sincerity that we're just not seeing on on television at at the moment. Do you think? Uh, 
why do you think that you get to get away with being sincere on television when everyone else uh, is only cynical? <laughs> do you think that? <laughs> no, I truly believe in this stuff. Like, you know, it's like getting you to read out Melanie Griffith's diary yes. on the, you know, and to do reviews of, of weird. I remember you did a review of a web zine that was on meat, you know, stuff like oh, that. Yeah. I've always been interested in the stuff that's just a little bit not quite right. And people take great joy in that stuff. And, you know, I, I don't look at it from a, a snobbish perspective. I know better now. I've learned, you know, I've, I'm an older woman, quite old, had my birthday last week and that was really <laughs> awful. Um, but, you know, I've learned enough now to know that it's not good, none of it, really. It's not great. But, you know, it's... Some of it's all right, actually, and, you know, it's fun and we enjoy it and there's a reason why we still feel nostalgic about it, even though it's probably not of great cultural value, but there's a reason why we still like it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of proud of this stuff in a way because everyone else will tell me it's bad and I like it. <laughs> and I, I had happy tears all the way through, actually. Did you? Yeah, because, you know, I was... I was I was talking to you while you were watching the while you were making the show, and you know, making anything uh, is hard. Yes, yes, and it's a long. Uh, oh, I'll so use... much longer than that you ever think on TV. And Goodness it's me. terrible. It, it's it's a really terrible thing. And then just to watch it all in place beautifully. So it was, and, and also you could see that, you know, I, I talked a bit earlier about the longer interviews. Now, there are so many points in the way when you're making television where a producer would say, all right, we have to chop that interview. That, oh, that, that went on for about a minute too long. But you know you've kept on going with it. So you've got one thought and you've, you've taken it all the way through. And for that, I was really proud. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. And that's, I mean, it's... You don't get it on commercial TV. They just can't afford to do it because it's not enough time between the ads, you know. Mm. But luckily the ABC are pretty good with that. And and I think it's a sign of respect to your audience as well that they can actually carry a thought for a bit longer than, you know, a a soundbite. And um, and that's that's a nice place to work in, I must say. I I think I'd probably struggle if it was a different scenario, if it was all just snappy because then it'd be a bit shallow. Maybe, yeah. Or, I mean, it could easily be shallow because I'm not talking about stuff that's particularly creatively great. It's just nice. Yeah. So, so it does sound like you were very hands-on with the entire production. Yeah, yeah. Were you in the edit suite, kind of? I wasn't in the edit suite, but I was watching all of the edits as they come, as they would come through, and me like because it was a it was a co-production with the ABC, so it wasn't a complete ABC production. So I was an executive producer as well, and mm. um, and I wrote the thing with uh, another writer, Sophia Stefanovic, and um, yeah, and we sort of put it together from. You know, from scratch, and Susie Jones, who was the EP, uh, the sorry, the series producer as well. We we're all in it from the start, and yeah, it was. We were battling over a lot of things a lot of the time. You know, who knew that you'd be having a fight over, you know, whether or not I should be giving Kendone a Duna cover to paint? Like you'd be in these that sort of, you know, Dim Sims. Where did they come from? Chico rolls. What do they mean? What did they mean culturally? Where did they start? You know, all the, you'd be having arguments about Chico rolls and Big M girls and things like that. I thought, oh God, really, I'm not saving lives here, am I? But it was good. It was worth it in the end. I think. And your mini me is very good. Oh, there's a couple. Oh. Of of them. There's, there's three. A couple. There's, there's, yep. a, there's a, 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 ch- a child one, an adolescent one. Mm-hmm. That's all I saw in the credits. Is there a third one? There's a third one. Um, and she's she plays Teenage Me, which is the fashion episode oh. where um, I talk about 
well, it kicks off not being able to ever have a perm when everyone else had a perm and I reveal my Deb photo because, of course, I did my Deb in 1980-whatever. And uh, it's horrific. It's horrific. I've got white Michael Jackson gloves. I've got Gypsophilino baby's breath in the hair, everything. <laughs> and just, oh, it's disgusting. But, you know, and she plays me at the hairdresser salon where everyone else is getting the perm. And this kicks off the fashion episode, which then leads to Craig McLaughlin and all sorts of um, other things. Jenny Keys in there talking about her wool knit jumpers because we all had the imitation Jenny Keys. I don't know if the boys did. You guys, remember those wool knits in the 80s? Yeah, no. The guys the, got the, the men's, street scenes. And the, the men's coogee. Yeah, coogee. the men's version was coogee. Coogee. Yeah. Which is like the Bill Huxtable. Yeah, oh, I'll, yes. I'll look, I was black cloth Cliff jumper <laughs> with the thumb out. <laughs> you, you were FUBU before anyway. Yeah, I was, I was that. <laughs> um, but you know Coogee, like the great story about Coogee, available at all good airports around Australia currently <laughs> and the only, that's the only place in the world. But Coogee was then adopted by um, rappers in the late 90s. I don't know if you remember. There's a couple of clips there. And they kept the label afloat because no one else was interested. And this is what you learn when you're doing the research for a show about crap stuff like mine um, and yeah they, they re- you'll see a few film clips like a couple of two pack ones I think in the 90s there's guys in the background they're not just wearing one you jumper they're wearing shorts and jumper ensembles doing oh. all the yeah, it's, it's amazing it's amazing Biggie Smalls there's a Biggie Smalls clip where there's full there's a full Coogee outfit everything oh, wow. so that's how the brand survived because it was dead in the water in Australia obviously no one wanted to go near it because it was it's, not it's only comfortable this- but an, an, a, like, it was sort of an assault on the eyes <laughs> Is all of this going to be in the uh, DVD extras? Well, no, I think it'll have to be the next series because there was just too much. <sighs> Excellent. There was too much to because we had to really narrow it down. Is you've got half an hour, and TV's just so oh, it's such a it was such a yeah big. It's so much bigger than you think, How? and there's so many more people involved, and there's so many more opinions involved than you know. It's got my name on it, but there's still you know it's a huge production, so. How long's the process from uh, from go to woe? Go to woe. Um, I think we started doing. We came, We started sort of coming up with ideas around March, I think, and then we finished up pretty much December. So, right. Yeah, it was ready to go January. January it was ready. It was, and the ABC had it, and it was all six apps. Six apps. Six half an hour apps. Can you believe that? It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, and it's a lot of everyone watching the same stuff over and over. It's so tedious. It's, I, I mean, series producers blow my mind how they can work like that, and editors, and you know, I wasn't in the edit every day, but I don't know how they do it. They're just they're crafts people that I yeah it takes an incredible skill. You know what I just realised? This is Mip's first solo album. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> that's, that's it. This is, yeah. It's, that's it's why I'm, first... I'm talking like a crazy lady because I don't know what to do. And, and it's, it's taken her, her whole life to make that one solo album. It's like you've been the drummer with the band. I know. You just, you just bang it out and then you're out of the studio. I know. Like all good drummer solo albums, it'll probably go nowhere. But anyway. <laughs> hey, Phil Collins, Dave Grohl. Oh, good. oh thanks. You give Also, me... uh, Peter Chris's uh, solo Kiss album. <laughs> Before Cat One, like when they all released their solo albums as uh, as Kiss individual solo albums, Peter Chris's was the best. Cat One, not such a great album. No. <laughs> Did you ever get those moments looking at the set and, you know, probably 20 people working around a set and just go, this is a fucking ridiculous moment right now? I didn't really like it. I'd like... I. You say, like, yes, but you kind of get used to that. But it's so weird because everyone in the office is using your name. 
everyone's talking about your family because it was a very personal thing, which was, you know, what we how we decided to approach it. And yeah, by the end of it, I was just going, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about me. I don't want to think about me. I don't want. I don't want a camera in my face. I don't want it. Like it's it's quite confronting. And um, and I think I, I worked it out why on reality TV everyone just seems mental, like just nuts, completely and utterly nuts. Because um, when because one of the episodes is about design, so it's it's the good room. Of course, Pete Smith, copper art, oh, face of copper art. He yeah. opens the episode. He's amazing. We do decide that copper art was of little or no value. I think in the end, um, but we're quite happy <laughs> to talk. Planner stands that would go up to the ceiling. <laughs> you no know great. the ones. You know the ones. But he was awesome. But um, yeah. Uh, I, as part of that, I went back to my old good room because the episodes about all these meaning. We used to love meaningless objects that we put in a room, and because they were in that room, they were special. And now we kind of don't do that. Our houses like are our good rooms now. Like we put all our money into our nice kitchens and bathrooms. So it's about how we live. And my, my parents still have a good room. Though. I know some people still have one yeah. with a slide, usually with a sliding door. That yeah. oh, it doesn't. It doesn't have a sliding door. But that's where the uh, that's where the glittery giant bowl vase is. <laughs> family photos. The old family photos. Old they family are, photos. Yep. Yeah. Travel. Travel. Sometimes little souvenirs, things like that that they've yep. picked up on their travels. Always things like that. That's the, the Chinese shelf. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Exotic. <laughs> Exotic. Exotic yeah. objects to art. Yes. art. <laughs> but, yeah, like we went back to my old house in Donald, Central Victoria. <gasps> I hadn't been there for 30 years and it's an education department house because mum and dad were teachers and it hasn't changed for 30 years, so it's exactly the same. Went into the house with my brother Kit and I, I kind of got all emotional. Like it was really overwhelming and then cameras in your face and, like, I've always watched MasterChef and stuff and gone... Oh God! Stop crying! It's a cake. <laughs> it's a cake. But you I'll put idiot. a lot of love it's into that cake. cake. I know. I don't care. It's a cake. Stop crying. <laughs> but then I've worked it out. Like you got a camera in your face and someone's saying, "How do you feel?" That's not natural. Every time they've got to justify all of their actions. You're not normally in a, in a normal life. You'd go away and you would digest. You'd think about it. If, if you felt a bit weird, go. Oh, I feel a bit weird. I walk away from that. That's what the drive home from Donald's for. Exactly. Or you know, you drive home from work every day, or whatever. When you get, you create space between that experience that made you feel a bit weird or confused, or I don't know. But then, as soon as they put a camera in your face, what do you feel? What do you feel? What do you think? Say something. Say something. Say something. I can't say anything. I'm just crying. <laughs> and I started bawling, and I couldn't stop. And I'm like, oh god, I'm one of those idiots. But it makes sense because you're not supposed to. It's so not natural to react to those direct questions at a moment when you're trying to digest information you know so i finally have some sort of respect for people who ball over a, <laughs> <laughs> a dropped sponge which is honest because you're quite an an open and honest person on on television i think that's that's one of the reasons people like watching you on tv so much is that they feel like they know you from what they see yeah, see, I reckon that's that's a problem because <laughs> see, everyone else, everyone says oh, I've got that, but like the problem is I've got nothing else to hide behind. <laughs> so you know, like other people are comedians or you know have other talent. It, you know, it, unfortunately, I've just got me. So that's yeah, it's it's nice, but it actually, when they say that, I feel like they're just saying, oh, you got no other skills. You can't hide. Your, <laughs> you can't. You can't hide. Your, you can't hide yourself. <laughs> And I can't. <laughs> well, for, for someone with no other skills, you've managed to put together a pretty, <laughs> pretty bloody good, good show. <laughs> like, really? Oh, really? You're very I kind. think you're, uh, you're playing yourself down. Miff Warhurst, when can we see, uh, when can we see Miff Warhurst's uh, 
genuinely but also passively aggressively nice. <laughs> it's nice, unusual, it's different in the words of Kath and Kim. So um, uh, Wednesday nights, 8 o'clock, um, hopefully not up against um, State of Origin, which it has been. That was, that was a good night to start. <laughs> that was nice. That was what a really nice good night to start. I was like, oh, thanks, guys. That's, yeah, whoa. So, uh, 2.7 million people watched yeah, that, I think. Yeah, and that's the one that you're singing and fucking dancing on. <laughs> I know, I know, but it was all right. We did all right. People actually, some people saw it, some people liked it, some people hated it. It was, it's a good start. It's a great start. Yeah, it'll be on iView. Catch up. It is on iView. Yes, yes, it will be. And um, and then remember, it's only it's only five weeks until the DVD comes out as well. Oh yeah. See, ABC ABC does love to get their DVDs into the store the minute after the final episode goes to air. They do love their DVDs. It's got the best Twitter hashtag ever. Nice. (laughs) Yes. Problem is, everyone else uses that as their hashtag just when they're doing something like having a bath. Nice. So, like, you know, I did my Twitter research on the thing of the show. I'm going, no one's talking about my show. Genius. It's just people just going, just finished work, had a beer. Nice. <laughs> Hashtag oh. the. <laughs> <laughs> Miff Wahas, thank you so much for joining us on Box Thanks Cutters. for having me. I hope I didn't ramble on. I'm no. Sort of, That's great. I'm full of thoughts and it's just, it is, it's like the greatest relief. I tell you, after it showed on TV... On Wednesday night, I had had a fair few wines, I must admit, just to get through it. But um, I cried, I reckon, solidly for an hour. Just the relief of having it like, oh, there it is, I can't do anything now, it's just gone, you know. And it's such a weird feeling and no one tells you about that, about TV or things like that. They just, you know, what a mess you can be before it kind of finally goes. And then once it's out there, you don't even care. It's like, oh, here we go. So was that at the viewing party in the ABC canteen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hello and welcome to Today Tonight. Every soap, soap, soap and water. Oh, exactly, soap yeah. and water. Hello and Fuck you. I'm Naomi Robson, swearing. See, every time I hear that edit, it is seamless. Seamless. Her, me putting her words into a sentence that way. <laughs> seamless. It's, it's like, oh, you know... Uh, you know when they have audio experts in in a trial trying to work out if edits have uh, have been done to a bit of tape, they Don't wouldn't be able to tell. Wouldn't no, be able to tell, not no, at all. No, never. I love it when Naomi Robson um, talks potty. <laughs> 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 oh, Brett, you have uh, you have you you have a, a Ray watch for us, which is, it's been a long time coming because we all stopped watching television a while ago. So now there's a, there's been a couple of things over the last week. Uh, that I, I think have gone awry with uh, TV news. One which uh, I, th- I think that we're all pretty much used to, which is that uh, the Channel 9 news has basically uh, been forced to whore itself to, to just cross-promote other shows that they have on the network, uh, running with a, a uh, uh, the public the public has to know, you know what Joel Madden's haircut this. is that is going to be revealing at uh, on, on The Voice. Uh, some said it was a big V. Uh, turned out it was uh, I Heart You. That was news. Hang on, hang worthy. on. This is what it says. What? Cut into the back cut of his head. His <laughs> but uh, it's it's got worse uh, with uh, 10 Late News, which uh, apparently now does live studio performances of uh, iconic names of the Australian music industry, uh, i.e. Mark Gable from the Choir Boys doing a solo acoustic I version of his... I saw that! Of, of the... the Classic legendary news? Aussie hit choir boys. This was in the, the news. The, the late news. This the, is alive. Uh, so the, the, the quiet, what was that? Uh, Run to Paradise. Was it Run to Paradise that he did? Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, 
Yeah, I, I saw that at the end of the news. I couldn't work out what it was that I was watching. I was like, it says that it's supposed to be the news, but then, but then this looks like people trying to do uh, the end bit from the panel. Exactly. <laughs> it's got so, such that working dog stench about it. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> that is. That is. Yeah. What. There is there is no no respect left for TV news in this country. I don't think on commercial TV. I, I and, and we have reporting from Afghanistan. Eric Wiedemann from nineteen twenty seven. Just when I think of you, yeah. Well, well done, well done on picking nice. up on that because uh, we've got new business models now for uh, for all sorts of media. You think that's what people want? I think this is this that's is what, what people. That's want. what news viewers want. That's yeah. They uh, want uh, uh, news. Well. Just in the report from Zag. Grab is number three on the iTunes list. You read it. You're a godsend. Savior. No, I'm, I'm just the postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. In uh, long distance correspondence to, uh, to to box cutters, Tim box cutter, all the way from Berlin. 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 They sang that song from Top Gun. Fantastic. Take my breath away. Now we have to pay bom, royalties. Bom, Thank bom, you very much, Brett. Bom, bom, Hi, Box Cutters. In reference to your mention of Kermit getting in strife here in Germany, the rules for free-to-air TV regarding non-declared advertising are at times very officiously enforced. A German talk show host called Stefan Raab was in trouble for running the Walk World Championship, where contestants, mainly celebrities, go down an ice run on a walk. Mildly funny <laughs> once, but was very heavily sponsored. The broadcasting authority saw this as basically a very long ad, and so he was made to have a super in the corner, stating, Darwerbsendung, meaning a continuous ad. So, as to fully inform viewers that they were watching an ad the entire time, I'm guessing. Uh, in retaliation, on his regular talk show, he placed a super in the corner stating, Dar Fernsendung. A poke at them, as it means continuous TV program, even though it's full of interviewees pushing new books, etc. That's, uh, so it's a, a little bit more about, uh, about Germany. Thank you very That's much, fine. Tim. That's, uh... It's, how's, how's my pronunciation? It's been a long time since I've had to read and say out loud German words. David Lay writes in uh, reference to the Big Bang Theory. Dear box cutters, I studied math, physics and computer science at university during the 1990s, so I felt like this was a show pitched squarely at me. When Channel 9 went nuts with the Big Bang Theory repeats, I came to enjoy it. And then I listened to Box Cutters episode number 295 and hear it spoken of in some confronting terms like misogyny. And I was startled. There was an initial shock of feeling as though one's personal sense of taste has been maligned and an impulse to fly off the handle into half-cocked Herald Sun-esque moral outrage. I've listened to that segment again several times over the course of the last two or three months. I love the Box Cutters audience. <laughs> And it it's is, commitment. It's commitment yeah. to, to how angry does this make me. Yeah, and it has me, made me reevaluate my thoughts about the Big Bang Theory. I realise that I've been letting some things on the Big Bang Theory slide. Like in that episode where Howard and Kuthra Pali. So much easier to say than Durvis Bang Bang. 
where Howard and Kustrapali put on fake tattoo sleeves and eyeliner and go to a club to hit on goth girls. It's easy to picture a macho jock-type date rapist and, that, and say, now that's misogyny. But Howard and Raj, preparing for a night of trying to lie their way into a one-night stand, isn't materially different now that I think about it. I think I've managed to overlook things like this in The Big Bang Theory because, you know, they're so socially inept that they're doomed to failure. I guess there's something in the power dynamics. Although it's taken a while for me to get to this point, I agree with what Ben McKenzie has said, and I can see The Big Bang Theory from more of a distance now. The Big Bang Theory was record on DVR and arrays after watching, but now it's bumped down to watch it if it's on. Well, th- thank you, for, thank you very much for uh... three stars, Margaret. <laughs> thank you very much for that, David. The uh, uh, what, what I like, what I like about that letter, and that that is that was a much longer letter. Mm. Uh, went into a lot of detail about different bits of the uh, the Big Bang Theory and 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 how. Uh, he went from uh, really enjoying it to hearing Ben McKenzie talk about it to then having to look at his own viewing habits. Uh, just, just and with uh, examples, f- further examples. Yeah, uh, further examples. And hopefully he'll give us permission to uh, to put that up on the box, box cutter's site. Uh, but I also love that uh, in my mind now, he has uh, like a big poster on the wall of his, of his lounge room, which is uh, a spreadsheet of TV shows, and they and they are graded, and there are th- some things that are watch live, some things that are watch <laughs> uh, watch recorded, recorded on DVR, DVR, and then erase after watching. Some are recorded to DVR and save after watching, and some are watch it if it's on, and others are just don't bother. And he's actually got a just don't bother that's good. Seg- segment. That's a, that's, that's really good, and it's funny because I listened to that episode of Box Cutters uh, while in Oakley, so whenever um, I see the Big Bang Theory is on TV, I think of Suvalakis in Oakley. Arexi? Arexi, oh, yeah. Oh, what a great place. Oh, yeah. Look, I'm just, I'm just going to do a little shout-out to... Uh, they're not paying us any money. Arexi Suvalaki in, uh, in Oakley. If you ever get a chance, go down there. Fantastic. You'll get a couple of Suvas, though. No money. I won't, I won't even get a couple of Suvas. They don't know me from Adam. Go down and apply to them. <laughs> Glenn Peters, if you were going to watch one thing this week, what would it be? It's on iView. I don't know when it was on actually on TV, but I turn on iView and go, oh, awesome. It's a documentary called Prima Donna, the story of Rufus Wainwright's debut opera. Oh. So I watched it last night. You're a Rufus Wainwright fan. I'm a massive fan. um, And I watched it last night, and it is fantastic. It's long. You have to be a fan to watch it. But there's like... Crazy footage of him singing in his school um, HMS Pinafore production. Uh, it takes the his seriousness about music seriously, if that makes any <laughs> sense. No. So he comes across as a guy who just doesn't really care and he's a witty, you know, raconteur, gay, gay fellow. But he's incredibly st- serious about his art. So you watch it and you realise why, because he's really good at it. I'm, uh, I'm just trying to, uh, to find on the Ivy so I can, tell, uh, I can tell people how much longer it is uh, it's it's going to be available for. It's one hour 44. No, no, how much longer it's going to be available for. Uh, oh, a couple of weeks. Well, that's why I'm going to try to find it. Okay. Uh, 
Brett, in the in the meantime, what uh, what would you watch if you were going to watch one thing this week? Uh, my one thing is uh, just after what what all of our one thing really would be, which is nice at eight o'clock on Wednesday night. It's uh, at nine o five Wednesday night. ABC One. Life's too short uh, with Ricky Gervais and uh, and the dwarf and and the tall guy. <laughs> Some funny bits. St- Stephen Merchant. I Steve- think Stephen Merchant is the tall yes. guy. Yep. Uh, I, I don't know who the. Uh, I, I looked at the. Uh, what's what's the what's the take on what's the take on this on last two short like, what, uh, are they just are they just making fun of uh, of of dwarves? Or? I haven't actually seen it. Somebody raved to me about last week's episode, and so I'm getting on. Right. It it follows the dwarf actor around um, about, and that's his life. So he. There's a, quite a bit of slapstick, and it's about him as a, an actor trying to get work. Um, and then, you know, every episode goes to visit Ricky Gervais, who tries to fob him off. Right. Because he's trying to get work from Ricky Gervais. Oh, just trying to hang out with the stars who hang out with Ricky Gervais. It's right, had, so Ricky Gervais very, is then exploiting him to make a TV show. Well, if you read, like, the Neil Cooked and Bombed guy, he hated it, and then... then then I go, oh, I'm going to hate this. And then I laughed all the way through. Right. So, you know, do I feel dirty for laughing? Yeah, but I, I laughed. I, uh, I, I'm i going to watch uh, Bollywood Star. Now, I'm going I'm to watch the repeat uh, on Thursday on SBS2 at uh, 8.30 because I missed last week's uh, last week's episode where... Is this like Australian Idol? So it's, it, it is, it, it's, so it's Australian people. Australian people who... Uh, audition for a competition and uh from from thousands they go down to one person who's going to get a role in a bollywood film and now they're down to the final six the final six get to go to india i I think they uh, go to mumbai and uh and or delhi or somewhere somewhere in india an indian place Mm -hmm. uh could could be bala dadaba around the corner from my house some indian place and uh and they uh tasty dal the um uh, and, and then they audition for for Bollywood shows, and so they they have to learn how to dance. And uh, it helps if they speak Hindi, but they don't all speak Hindi. Uh, and uh, it's actually a really good. It, it is a, a really good competition that kind of pokes, not not fun, but uh, brings to light the uh, whorishness of uh, Australian reality TV show contestants. Uh, in that, how many of them go on just to to try to be famous without knowing anything about what it is that they're auditioning for. So the first episode was all these people. It's an open audition. It's all these people auditioning and the judge is just going, all right, who's your favourite Bollywood actor? And uh, people go, oh, it's, uh, I don't know, Bruce Willis. And <laughs> Tanya Zayeda. What's, what's your... No one even mentioned Tan- Tanya oh. Zayeda. Uh, what's your, what's your favourite Bollywood film? Oh, look, I'm sure everyone's going to say this, but Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> and, uh, and and the judge is going, right, you know nothing about Bollywood. We're not even going to let you, like, audition for us. Just get out. Fantastic. And, uh, and so it's it's pretty good. And it's, it's I think it's really nicely made uh, for SBS to do a, a, a reality competition show like this. And for it to work quite well, I'm really, really enjoying it. So, Bollywood star, uh, SBS 2, 8.30pm on Thursday. And an interesting crossover. You've got that, and you've also got APC 2 running uh, Young, Dumb and Racist, which is uh, Indian people going around country Australia. And, and 
What, and just showing how fun, fun racist, yes. just how racist country Australia can be. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. You know what else is racist? Other parts of Australia. You know what else isn't racist? Heaps of other parts of Australia. Oh, it's so easy to do that. Um, this, one of the things I like about Bollywood, uh, Bollywood Star is it's, it's about people with a passion. And, you know, I, I like a show about people with a passion. Uh, that does bring us to the end of Box Cutters episode 310. If you are interested in uh, in watching when TV goes bad, mad, crazy, and or otherwise, uh, come to Acme on uh, August 30, and you can see myself and John Richards speaking now. about that. Get your tickets. They will sell out. Mm-hmm. It always does. I tell mm-hmm. people, and then mm-hmm. it does, and they're like, mm-hmm. is there tickets left? No, there's no tickets left. You should have got it earlier. And so, oh, can I come in under your coat? Oh, well, I've only got four people under my coat. And your sci-fi one was really funny. Oh yeah, yeah, the yeah. Uh, the the yeah. Thank you also to uh, to everybody who uh, came out to uh, uh, Continuum to uh, watch me uh, be now universally hated by all of uh, of science fiction fandom. You were clickbaiting. Come on. Yeah, it was a little bit. Was was a li- little bit of clickbaiting. Until ne- thank you very much to Miff Warhurst, by the way. She's excellent. She's How so good is she? Yeah. How good is she? She's she's just. just She's breathtakingly <laughs> like it, it just doesn't make any sense. So, Glenn, so Glenn you, you didn't know this, but Brett gets a little bit gooey whenever yeah. whenever Miff comes in. He's, he's all just like, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny to watch. It's like a little just puppy. The bit when um, Brett was curling his hair with his fingers, <laughs> it was giving it away a bit. It a bit orcs. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm Glenn Peters. I continue to be Brett. Curling my hair. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bad time. Same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Box Cutters is produced by Josh Canal with Brett Cropley and John Richards and help from Courtney Hocking and Dave Lawson. John Richards edited this episode. Peter Wilson from Soup Giant is the man behind making sure you can actually download stuff. He's good that way. We'd like to thank 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world, for letting us use their studios to record this podcast. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you listen to radio the old-fashioned way. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can show your appreciation by leaving a positive review on iTunes or maybe just telling some friends what they're missing out on. You can also donate actual cash money to us by using the donate button at the top of our website. Donating helps keep the show alive and makes us smile. Our website is boxcutters.net and you can find all sorts of ways to contact us there. Uh, now, we, uh, we, we do a thing uh, at the end of every episode where we have Pete Smith uh, my, so, my new best mate, right? Pete so he, he does. Oh, he does the voiceover at the start as well. You know when you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Sale of the Century. The Sale of the Century thing was genius. Thanks. Um, could you do us a little story about working with Pete Smith that then we could finish off with Pete Smith? Oh, Pete Smith, consummate professional and gentleman. Uh, he uh, sat me down, sidled me down on his couch in his good room, <laughs> and uh, showed me all of his objects. And uh, they were all very clean and decent, of course, and he was utterly charming. Um, yeah, great, great gentleman. Took me upstairs to show me his record player. Nice. And, uh, and some sort not of... Not a euphemism. No, not, none, of the, none of these are a euphemism. And uh, he also exposed himself as a collector of very strange objects that live out in his garage, which I'm sure he'd love to share with you at some point. But it's like, uh, it's like the promo department from Channel 9 and Movie World and everything got together. And every cutout person... 
that you've ever seen movie star? It's out in his garage. Oh, fantastic. It's out in his garage. There you go. So Pete Smith, he's got it all. He's got it all. He's got celebrities at home, everything. He's also got the voice. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters.